Hi there, it's uh, Dr. Mike Jones. I'm the Managing Director of Impact Minerals, and we are a junior explorer and project developer listed on the Australian Stock Exchange, and we manage a fairly extensive portfolio of projects in the eastern states of Australia and also in Western Australia, which is our hometown, and I'm speaking to you from Perth today. Mike, good to have you on the, um, on the show with Crux. First time I've spoken to you. Good to meet you. Yeah, it is indeed, and uh, nice to meet you too, Merlin. One of the first things I did, Mike, when I was researching uh, for this interview was I opened up your uh, presentation uh, to see, uh, you know, to learn about the company. And I was very struck by the, uh, the title, which was, um, another, what was it, a roll of the dice um, for, the great, for the next great discovery or something like that. It was, it was a really interesting analogy. I wonder, um, could you give us kind of a bit of background about that very first kind of title page of your presentation? Right. From, uh, from early this year. Yeah, look, I think it's always um, good to remind people who invest in our sector that uh, a company like Impact Minerals, which was set up to find a world-class discovery, um, is a company that's taking on one of the greatest risks uh, in the mining industry. You know, we're trying to find something that's going to take, you know, like a big material difference to people um, in their investments in Impact by finding a world-class ore body. That's what we would, you know, that's what we designed to do. And they really, have, they're not found very often. And so the risk involved is extreme. And uh, I always get a little bit amused when people sort of call me up and they sort of say, oh, you know, I'm investing in in impact minerals. And and really it's not an investment as such. It's a speculative investment. And we really need to sort of make sure that people are aware of that. If you're going to put money into a company like Impact, it's money that you should be able to afford to lose because, you know, nine and a half times out of ten, we're not going to come in with the goods. And so really the, 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 the thing that I had, which was, uh, you know, a roll of the dice for world-class discovery, it is like that. And we have a phrase here in, uh, in Australia, it's so one Powerball and I'm out of here, which is like the lottery. And uh, it's the same with the, with the exploration, one drill hole and I'm out of here. But uh, finding that drill hole and getting it in the right place is exceptionally difficult. And so it's important when people invest in our company that, um, that they recognise that. It's very refreshing to hear... Uh... Uh, a managing director or CEO talking with such frankness about the uh, success rates of exploration. Um, I don't, have you ever come across uh, Rolf Forster, who's a, um, uh, a consultant in the, in the Australian industry? Um, no, you know, no. I, oh, he's, he's a super guy. I, I did an interview with him a couple of months ago, and uh, he was saying that the, the data suggests that the success rate of drilling targets in Canada and Australia for the last 10 years is about one in 2,700. Yeah. Um, and then obviously within that, uh, only 10 really make it into be a kind of a spectacular discovery. So the, the odds are, you know, one in 27,000 that you're going to make a commercial discovery, which are, uh, it's, it's, it's like going to Las Vegas in, in that sense, in the, in the odds are stacked against you. However, you and I know that what you do as exploration geologists is you try to mitigate those odds as best you can and you try to reduce your risks and spread your risks um, and that of course leads me straight on to um well there are two things kind of two things in your presentation which struck me one is um you're a project generator um and what that means to me is that you can generate lots of targets at low cost and then do low cost work on them take them up the value chain and hopefully bring people into um, share the financial risk and the financial burden. And then the other thing that really 
struck me about your presentation was this kind of discovery of your, your secret source, you know, your, your, the, the ratio analysis. So, um, you know, is, is that fair to say that you think that that ratio analysis or that your, your um, geochemical interpretation is going to give you an edge on exploration? Yeah, look, uh, certainly for our Broken Hill project, uh, for platinum group exploration, which is what the ratio is all about. Yeah, um, we've been you know, quite astonished at, at really how uh, good and how predictive that ratio has been. And, and really, that's a sign of the thing that perhaps impact is recognised for. I mean, we, you know, I'd like to think we're recognised for our, our technical excellence. You know, we do have, uh, you know, some very good geologists. Um, obviously, I'd lead the team, you know, but we've done some, uh, some very good work because in terms of trying to reduce the risk, you know, it is a case nowadays where you really do have to take quite a scientific approach to what you're doing. And, and one of the big changes in the industry over the last 10 years that I've seen is that it's now a lot easier and a lot cheaper to generate a significant amount of data. In fact, we can generate data, you know, at a far greater rate than any of us are capable of, uh, you know, capable of doing. And that's why we're seeing machine learning coming to the fore now in the industry. And, um, and so we've always been recognised, I think, for that technical excellence. And this, this ratio has sort of been a bit of a breakthrough for us. And it also underlies everything that we do. You know, we have a philosophy here. And, uh, it's, uh, the, and the phrase that we use is you do the proper work properly. Um, because if you, if you cut back on things or don't drill enough holes or don't do the right you know, interpretation work, etc., you will end up falling over, you know, well before the, you know, the final hurdle. And so um, that's really, you know, how we've approached everything that we've done in the time we've been listed. A couple of things. Can I follow up on? Um, can you tell me a bit more about the scientific and kind of the geological pedigree of your team and, and how that's built up over the years? Yeah, look, we've had uh, obviously people come and go over the you know over the years, but um, I mean, I'm I'm the obviously the technical leader, um, yeah, PhD in, in gold mineralisation and structural geology, and then I've worked as a consultant you know for many years. So my my training was in uh, Western Mining, and uh, which was a, a very successful mid tier company here in Australia. Many people would have heard of them. They were taken over from BHP, and they were phenomenally su- successful in terms of uh, finding new mines. And so a lot of the, the things that I was taught and I was in their project uh, generation team, you know, uh, have flowed through. And there are many of us that are ex-WMC graduates and, you know, have gone on to, uh, you know, to do great things and discover many deposits. And, and so one of the big things is there is that, um, if I'm not um, going off track slightly, is that if you look at our portfolio, which you mentioned, it's very quite large and, um, uh, you know, got grand. what we've done is, peg and stake significant ground holdings in very prospective parts of the country, you know, that have already demonstrably had, you know, significant mineralisation there. And what that tells you is that deep down in the Earth's crust, there's some fundamental things that have gone on that have allowed that part of the crust to be more prospective, have more mines, have more copper, more gold or whatever it is in that particular area. So if you can get ground in those, in those zones, then you're doing very well. You've already reduced your risk because you've already identified a particularly fertile part of the crust. So that's one of the philosophies that underlies, you know, what we've, uh, you know, what we've been doing. And explain some of the holdings. Remind me, where, where did you do your PhD? Uh, at the Royal School of Mines Imperial College in London. Fine Sorry, where did you do your masters, Merlin? If I can just happened, ask. Oh, it just so happened to be at, <laughs> at the Royal School of Mines. Um, <laughs> Um, and I didn't actually know that you had done your PhD there, but um, good, good to hear. 
So sorry, just going back to the team. So um, I have a junior geologist uh, who we're training, and then uh, my exploration manager, ten years experience, uh, you know, working with me. And uh, he certainly uh, doesn't have a master's, but he's certainly at a master's level. But over the years, uh, we've had some very good geologists working for us, and um, the alumni from uh, Impact Minerals. We've had uh, we've got the discovery manager of Anglo American Australasia. Uh, his first job was with us, and one of BHP's top structural geologists who worked for us for five years, and then uh, and then went to join them. So we've been able to attract some really good talent, uh, you know, over the years. And um, but as you know, time, times and cycles come and go, and uh, and certainly. Um, uh, you know, so right now we've got a very small team, but look, we're pretty driven and um, yeah, things are moving along pretty quickly. And you also mentioned that the ability to create data uh, has increased. Is, are you talking about the reduced cost of um, geochemical assays as a principal one? Um, very or, much so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, geochemical data in particular. I mean, when I was a young geologist, if you knew, you know, what a phase diagram was or if you did an alteration diagram, you were like one in a hundred. Uh, you know, at the most. And then, but people like, you know, Scott Halley, uh, the well-known consultants in the industry, pioneered, you know, the use of multi-element data to, to track alteration systems. And it's really brought some of these dying arts, you know, back to the forefront. And the same in particular, say, with structural geology. Structural geology was just a, you know, a field for, for boffins and, you know, people who could understand maths. But now with the ease of which we can, you know, collect structural data and, um, you know, and you don't have to worry about alpha beta angles. It's almost done automatically and all and put into leapfrog and, you know, bam, you've got this sort of picture already. And, um, and so a lot of these dying skills have suddenly been brought to the fore by um, the, the ability to collect data so easily. It's, uh, it's great. When I was working for Rio Tinto, we would only ever assay for gold if you're on a gold project or copper and maybe zinc if you're on a, on a, on a copper project because yeah. the cost of your geochemical assay was so high. But now it's kind of regular to do multi-element um, analysis. So do you, what do you do? Do you do 36-element ICP or do you... Yeah, in fact, in fact, more, you know, more so. Now, a lot of the data, you know, you never, you know, you never use, but um, you certainly see a lot more, you know, correlations coming through. But it's it's when you don't do it, <laughs> you suddenly realise, oh, I wish I had that data. And, uh, you know, and, and there it is. I mean, you're still looking for the core commodities, obviously. But, um, yeah, the alteration system, depending on what you're looking for, is very much a part of it. And, and that's really what helped lead to our, you know, ratio for the PGNs. We just had a large data set. And we were able to sort of run the numbers and, uh, you know, come up with this, um, you know, this relationship between, you know, a set of metals and elements that, that you can measure with a handheld XRF instrument, which is directly proportional to the PGE grade. Um, and that's, you know, really an exceptional breakthrough for us. And um, that, is that kind of the whole rock, uh, rock forming elements? You know, it's, it's, it's the... the it, you know, mass spectrometer, the handheld um, uh, XRF gun is really good at picking up the aluminium and the silica and all of that kind of stuff, but less good at picking up the kind of the, the um, one PPMs or the point ones of the PPMs, the PPB elements, the, the precious metals. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so it's, are you being led by the a specific ratio of alteration, uh, kind of minor elements, which gives you the lead as the vector to the um, precious metals? Yeah, it's, it's a mixture. It's a mixture of major and minor and, uh, yeah, mixture of major and minor elements. And, um, look, we, you know, we were just playing around with the numbers and we thought, oh, this is pretty interesting. And, oh, look, this is, uh, you know, this has come out. And I think it's, a, it's obviously a function of the, the magmatic system that we're dealing with. And, um, and these rocks are fairly unique in Broken Hill. Um, we are worldwide because they carry exceptional grades of all six PGMs. 
you know, in the one to sort of five gram level. And um, to get all six PGNs, platinum, palladium, rhodium, iridium, ruthenium, and osmium together, you know, is exceptionally rare. And, um, and, and we're getting them in grams. So there's something very special about those rocks. So, um, and that's what attracted me to the project in the first place. Now, it could be just a geological curiosity, but, you know, we've got some massive sulphide. We'll just have it down a little bit here. This is probably some of the most valuable ore in Australia because that's, um, that's running 15% combined nickel and copper. Um, and an ounce of uh, PGEs of uh, platinum and palladium, one and a half grams of gold, an ounce and a half of silver, 0.16% cobalt, and mm. um, a gram to five grams of, of the rare PGEs. So if we can, now we only found 60 centimetres of that, but if we can find something that's only 2 million tonnes uh, of that, we are, we are home and host. So. And, and that is over in the Broken Hill. Um, that's in the Broken uh, Hill, yeah. Area. And um, I mean, I, I, you're familiar with uh, the work that Jamie Wilkinson and Loads and Codes are doing on green rock vectoring in porphyries. Um, yeah. What, what yeah. they've done is that they can they can apply it to any porphyry system, any alteration system um, globally. I mean, they they have their own signatures and they have their own um, kind of uh, yeah. kind of area in the data set. Um, yeah their own set of fingerprints. Um, do you think you can apply what you've learned in Broken Hill? I mean, you're, you're now looking in Western Australia for uh, uh, the Julimar project, which is a kind of a very similar signature of metals, it's perhaps not in exact ratios, but it's, you know, it's nickel, it's PGEs. Um, right. Can you bring that across to the West Coast? Yeah, look, I think, uh, I think we can. And we haven't found enough um, PGEs yet to sort of demonstrate that, you know, that our ratio might work there. But um, what we've been working on over the last sort of six months with uh, all the massive data that we've got was um, trying to find um, another ratio that might work that has a larger, um, like a larger footprint, if you like. So um, um, <clears throat> what we did with the handheld instrument, we were able to basically move the drill rig backwards and forwards looking for PGEs, like on a 10-metre to 50-metre scale, and looking for the ratio at the particular horizon, where the, which is mineralized, and looking for the areas where the ratio was increasing, you know, or decreasing, and moving the brick, you know, particularly. And we nailed, you know, a meter at um, what was it, a meter at twenty-two grams PGEs and one percent, three percent nickel and a percent copper in the highest ratio, in an area that no one in forty years of exploration had been able to put together a coherent picture of the mineralization. So we sort of cracked the whole, you know, the whole thing wide open. Now, crack the code. Crack the code. So now we identified, we identified that this mineralization was in a channel, which is very much like the nickel channels that you get at Cambalda, um, which is one of the world's famous nickel places. But it required drilling at very close spacing. Now we've got, in total between the two main prospects, sort of 16, 17 kilometers of trend that we can't drill at you know, 25 meter intervals. It's crazy. So we've been working on um, another sort of broader ratio, which, which that saying anything is, is more major elements um, to see if we can, you know, use that as a first, you know, as a first footprint. And I think we've actually done that um, quite recently. Um, we haven't sort of announced anything. It's not, I mean, it's, you know, whether it's material, it's not really material as such, um, but at the appropriate time, we'll be able to sort of say, look, you know, we've, we've identified something else. So we can go and drill at a much larger spacing. And then, and then work out which are the more fertile parts of that whole nine-kilometer trend um, before having to go, you know, to go back in. Well, it is important, and it's—I mean, because you've you've got to, you've got to find some way of um, 
honing in your in your target. Um, yeah, because yeah, sure. a big trend, a small company, small budget. Uh, you've got to re- try and find if you can use anything to reduce those historic expiration odds from one in two thousand seven hundred to something much um, lower. Then it's to your favour and to the fa- to the fa- um, in to the benefit of the shareholders. Um, yeah, yeah. That does. Um, you know, you immediately get me starting thinking about kind of budgets and and run room and uh, small companies. You know, when I look at your share price over the long term, you obviously came through the 2007 to 2011 boom. And then we've had, like every other exploration company, 99% value destruction. And you've got a, kind of quite a blocky share price. You're not trading very much at the moment, but you've got a long shareholder register. Can you just talk a little bit about the evolution of the Capital structure, please. Yeah, no, sure. So, uh, listen, two thousand six. Um, I remember the peak. Um, we put out some uranium soil samples, and we hit thirty three cents. And uh, in uh, two thousand seven, not long after listing, and of course, oh, you know, woo, woo. Then, oh, that's right. I thought, here we go. I'm going to be a millionaire by Christmas. And uh, of course, you know, it was downhill from there on because you know GFC. Um, you know, that was just you know everyone was getting beaten around the head. And then, uh, obviously, you know, coming into um, you know, uh, all the uh, money that was pumped in to rescue the, you know, the world's economy, and then had a couple of good years. And then uh, the big, the big thing that hit us um, was the Fukushima disaster. You know, we had a, um, if you're interested, in a quick anecdote. It's never over until the ink is dry. On a Friday afternoon, we had a ten million dollar deal um, in in place on some big ground holdings again that we got in Botswana. Um, around a, a, a known uranium deposit. We had all the ground around it. So it was a $10 million deal for 50% of the company, uh, 50% of the project, fantastic. Shook hands. And so if you'd have told me that, you know, by Monday morning there'd been an earthquake off the coast of Japan that, you know, flooded a nuclear reactor and it was the end of the nuclear industry for a while, you couldn't put odds on it. So, um, yeah, so that was um, so that was obviously the wind in our sail. So, we, you know, we dropped them from 10 cents through to six and four and then, of course, we hit the downturn in 2012, right through the 16, 17. But what we did during that period, we actually picked up a failed float, which actually has the Broken Hill project and also our Commonwealth project in it, um, both in the eastern states. And the Commonwealth project is in the Lachlan Fold Belt. Um, we, have a, we have a small resource there, a VMS. Again, it's quite eclectic. There's only one of them in Australia, but it is identical to the Esco Creek project in British Columbia which is one of the world's great ore bodies. Um, and um, we have the same minerals, the same alteration, and, um, but it's a difficult thing to drill out. So we have been looking for a partner for that. Um, so, um, so we did that and that kept us alive because with all of these projects, I've got high grades associated with them. Did you have to do some consulting from 2014 to 2017 just to keep the lights on? No, no, no we, kept, we raised money all the way through and uh, we chose our thing. We had um, you know, joint venture partner, um, uh, Andrew Forrest, invested in the company for a short period of time when he first um, was investing in junior companies. His whole strategy has changed since then. Um, you know, and so they put money into the company. So we've always been able to attract money. And we've never not been able to raise money. Um, and, uh, and that comes down to the, the story that we sell, which is, look, we've got these great projects. We've got great technical reasons that these things should turn into major raw bodies. Um, and we found a number of small things. We just haven't had that, you know, that bit of serendipity that you need to, uh, you know, to find the big one. So, um, and uh, we just got to keep, uh, you know, keep drilling. And your last quarterly cash figure was two point 
um, 2 million Aussie. You've been drilling since then, so you're probably looking to raise soon. I mean, just... No, no, um, we will be drilling. So, uh, no, no, we, we haven't drilled since the last uh, quarterly, but uh, 2.2. So we'll be drilling in about a month's time here on our West Australian uh, project um, on Dunia. So when I last interviewed Matthew, he was saying, you know, you're kind of all over the place. And um, I, But one of the things that we have been working on this year is that we are rationalising our large portfolio that we mentioned. And we are pivoting from the eastern states to the uh, to back to WA um, because we can add, as you mentioned, a lot of value in a short period of time to some of the grassroots projects. So we have been looking for partners, you know, or to do deals on our, um, on our eastern state strategy. We did a, a cheap deal on our Clermont project in, in a company called Australasian uh, Gold, um, 10 cents in pre-IPO. We did a million shares at 10 cents. And uh, they actually ran to 88 cents. Um, they've come back a bit since then, but we are escrowed. So that was a great deal for us. We've got another um, investment in a float coming out on our Commonwealth project, but that we've still got a huge grant holding there we're trying to do something with. And, and we are on the verge of a, you know, of a potential joint venture on one of our other major projects. Um, can't say too much about it because you know, it looks like it might be done, but it's never over, as I've said, until, until the, the ink is dry. dry. I, don't know, I don't know what's going to happen over the weekend. So, um, so, I think in the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to demonstrate to people, oh, look, we've actually had activity on our, you know, commercial activity okay. on our big portfolio, which is then going to allow us to uh, to get focused on, on WA, and we should be drilling, hopefully, by the end of this month. Because um, the, the model of a project generator is to uh, generate targets and then to get other people to fund the more expensive downstream or later stage exploration work. It, and it is, but... If I can just say, it, one of the things about impact, though, is that we're here for the big win. And so you talked about the porphyry copper. So we drilled our Arkham, uh, sorry, our absolute porphyry copper target early this year. And it was one of the best setting looking, best set of looking anomalies that I'd seen in terms of combined geochemistry and geophysics. Mm. It's like it was a no brainer that really we should drill it, you know, rather than sort of bring a, you know, bring a partner in. It was like, look, we're here for the big win. Let's go and drill it. Didn't pan out. And we did all that alteration work that, um, you know, that uh, we talk about. And we probably have a target that's about a kilometre and a half down, but you couldn't predict that before we started. So, um, uh, you know, that, that's the name of the game. But, you know, we gave it a go. And that's what people give us the money for. You know, I don't go and, you know, say, look, you're going to give us this money for this drill program because we're going to drill it. We're not going to bring a, you know, a person in. And, and that's the support that I've had over the years, you know. Now, if we... If we drill the best one, it's not there, then great. You know, we can kind of look then for a partner to kind of come in and, you know, and they might see something that we haven't. And that's been the case with, um, you know, this potential joint venture that we've got. Well, <clears throat> um, equally, exploration um, takes persistence. And a small company can drill the first or the best anomaly, but it generates data and it generates more targets and it increases your understanding, but a small company might not be able to fund that. Um, that's whereas right. Whereas, uh, I mean, there's, you know, there's that old adage that, you know, discovery is made by the seventh company over the ground, not the first company. Um, yeah. It's, it's not always okay. the case. And good science can lead you there. Um, but uh, there are, you know, there's a reason why the bigger companies invest in kind of broader scale explorations because they don't expect everybody to get a quick win on the first, on the first, uh, testing the first target. No, that's right. Just, if you just talk about persistence, let me just, uh, let me just, um, Share this screen quickly because I often uh, I often show this um, this slide. There yeah. we go. 
this, yeah. this is when I first started in the game and you just want to make sure that this isn't you um, before um, yeah. <laughs> before, you, before you give it up. <laughs> so. so, right. So um, you're going to be drilling in the West. So what, what do we look out for? Um, when I look at Impact, uh, small company, uh, you've, you've very succinctly highlighted the the, the kind of investor that you need, which is someone who's willing to take a bet on your scientific expertise and the exploration potential, but it shouldn't be people's life savings. They shouldn't need to for um, impact to be a winner in order to retire. They, you know, there's a, there's a different strategy for your pension. This is your um, this is your fund money, you know, because you're backing you, Dr. Mike Jones, to make that discovery. Um, what can we see? What would you view as being success in the next few months that we can keep an eye out on? Um, in addition to what you've alluded to, which is a, a joint venture deal, which where the ink isn't dry yet, but we hope that you hope that it's going to um, be coming soon. Yeah. So the um, obviously with the um, with the, the potential joint venture, there'll be significant money spent on one of our projects, and um, you know who knows when when that will come to fruition. They'll be they'll be managing that uh, you know um, that expenditure. Um, but uh, on our Dunia project, yeah, look, we've um, it's a big gold bismuth uh, anomaly. We've got about a three thousand metre drill program lined sorry, up. Sorry, and that's to the, that's where where's Dunia? Sorry, that's in Western Australia. So part of our pivot from the eastern states to the western uh, West Australia, um, and we've had this target sort of drill ready for a little while now. But obviously, getting rigs has been hard. But you know, we've now secured one, and uh, you know, we're ready to uh, we're ready to go. Um, and uh, so. That's going to be um, a fairly straightforward test um, of the uh, of the anomaly. It's sort of it's a, it's again it's a no brainer. Walk up, drill it, and um, and then see where we go from there. It's a very unusual. Um, it's a different type of um, metal assemblage, but it is probably quite similar to a, a reasonable discovery that was made again earlier this year called the Burns discovery, um, about twenty five kilometres east. Most of the gold in Western Australia is just gold only, but um, Lefroy Exploration have found this sort of unusual copper gold magnetite um, thing. Yeah. Um, no one's really too sure yet what it is, but Burns and Dooney were both found by Western Mining in the same re- reconnaissance drill program in 1999, um, broad-spaced um, shallow drilling, weak anomalies back in 99, gold price 260. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, they didn't bother going back to sort of follow up these weak anomalies. Burns has turned into something, hasn't grown as quickly probably as they wanted to, but it's quite clearly, you know, a sizable system. Um, we've got something that on paper is much bigger to start off with. So we're, we're pretty excited about uh, what, we, uh, what we're seeing there. So that's, that's Lefroy and they're chasing, um, they're chasing the magnetite, aren't they? They're using the mag as kind of an indicator. because it's, Yeah, that's right. That, that's in- correct, yeah. Yeah. So the mineralizations on the fringes of the magnetite that they're um, on the, the flanks of the, the magnetic anomaly. Have you got a mag survey over the whole area or is it just kind of um, Western yeah. Australian general data? No, um, it is general. It, it, it's the regional data, but it's actually very good quality and we've had it reprocessed. Yeah. And, and we've got these sort of isolated magnetic anomalies. The Most of the magnetic units in, w, in that part of WA, they're long linear things. They're part of the the stratigraphy, the rocks that just you know comprise the belts that are there, whereas these things are isolated, you know, and there's a number of them. So it's a little cluster of the possible porphyry type things that um, you know, and there's a you know distinct zonation around it. It's got copper, zinc, nickel in the soils. It's got, and then it's got this gold bismuth thing. So yeah, it's a quite a sizable system, and uh, and so yeah, we're um, yeah, we're going to be drilling that. And have you spoken to Wade about this? 
Um, I've had a, I haven't spoken to me specifically about our project, but uh, managed to suck a whole lot of information out of way that uh, the diggers and dealers about uh, about their project. So that was good. Good. <laughs> Do you, uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll check out with Wade, see what he thinks about that. I'll talk to Wade and see and, what he says. And don't mention the fact that my uh, exploration manager knocked over the uh, the RC chip tray that had his discovery hole in it on the uh, on the counter. This, was, yeah, that's, that, this is going live. I'll make sure that Wade sees it. Was, it was a we. It was like impacts in the house. We were only at his. We were only at his booth for about five minutes, and it was chaos because uh, he had to go back and rechip the um, rechip the uh, the box. So I still own a beer. Okay, good. Well, um, so that's interesting. And so, um, you're going to be drilling. Sorry, remind me how many meters there? It's about three thousand meters. Yeah. Over the next three months. No, no, no. Um, we hope to get it all done. If we can start by the end of this month, we should be done by Christmas, and uh, which would be great. So the assays will be coming through into the new year. And, and will that then, all be RC? Yeah, that's going to be RC, yeah. And, and then the other thing we're, we're working heavily on uh, here as well is our Arkham um, project, um, which is uh, here in the Wheat Belt, not far from Perth, and, and sort of on one of the structures that trends up towards the, um, yeah, the recent massive Julemar discovery um, of, uh, you know, chaos. And that, that's really an exciting project for us. And it's sort of, so that's, is that to the, to the south or to the east of Chalice or the Gillimar? Yeah, we are east, yes. So uh, southeast. And um, I mean, you, you can't really call it the Gillimar Far East project. It's a little bit further away. But um, one of the reasons I picked that project, it was very clear there's a major, deep, fundamental structure that underlies Arkham that actually trends right up into that Julimar, Yarrawinda sort of area where there's, you know, a number of companies have been very active. Obviously, uh, Julimar is the, um, you know, the giant out of all of them, but um, it's certainly there. And look, we, we staked that ground. I was a bit in two minds about whether to get it, but there were some regional geochem anomalies, um, not a single drill hole in there. And so we announced it to the SX, I thought, oh, we'll do it. And then the same day, Anglo-Americans staked 10,000 square kilometres um, around us. And, and it turns out they're part of a, a, um, a private research, they subscribe to a private research group who I'm familiar with that had actually determined that there is this major structure that, that goes through um, the Arkham project. And that's why Anglo was sort of very interested. It was quite clear they would have taken our ground if we hadn't have, um, you know, if we hadn't have uh, beaten them to the, to the post there. So very exciting. Um, what, what's, um, what work is going on there in the next six months? Or is it just kind of um, quiet data accumulation and kind of... Um... No, no, so we've, uh, we've completed um, our initial soil sampling. So one of the areas, one of the issues um, in Southwest WA in general is land access um, because it's, you know, there's a lot of freehold land and so we've got to negotiate um, access entry to the farmers. And uh, at the moment, there's, um, the crops are in up until Christmas. So, you know, access into the paddocks um, is quite difficult. But we were able to identify a number of targets through Ark and did some soil sampling along the roads and, uh, and gazetted tracks and uh, got some really, you know, quite spectacular results um, considering that no work had been done there before. And um, so we identified some great targets for nibble copper PGE and then also by coincidence, um, some lithium um, and some rare earths, which is just to be trendy. Um, we've never really looked for those commodities ourselves, but um, nickel copper PG is our, 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 prime, uh, our prime target. And uh, I, I will say this, we've actually been working 
um, with a new technology, which I, I won't say anything about. And all the targets we had at Arkham were generated from this new geophysical technology, and we had a hit rate of 90%. So there's some big things coming on the stuff that we're working, and we've used that as a base to, um, to work on a lot more projects uh, in WA, um, which we've staked and uh, we'll be announcing, you know, sort of going forward. So uh, it's a pretty exciting time for us. So, um, um, tell me more about the new technology, please. <laughs> I'd like to, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a very interesting uh, um, um, set of uh, uh, system and processing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but um, it's, it's worked really well for us. So uh, we've been very happy with the results. And, and does it run off um, existing um, kind of kit? Uh, I'd love to tell you more, but uh, can't do it at this stage. Okay, I'll, I'll have <laughs> to get time you. to move on. Time, time to, to move, move on. on. Well, when 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 are you going to get get out of Western Australia? When can we have a beer? And when can I learn about this over a beer? Um, yeah. No. Well, my mother lives just north of London. Haven't seen it for two years. So um, we heard today that we can um, the borders will sort of open in February. Um, I'm fully vaccinated, so um, the minute it's open, I'll be over, and uh, we can uh, we can certainly have that beer. Well, Mike. Thank you so much. It's been really interesting. Um, let's wrap it up there. Um, I look forward to talking to you again another time. That's great. Thanks, William. Take care. Thanks. Cheers.